It's time for the November 12th, 2021 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. 168 hours of condensed history broadcasting from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. Yeah. And that uh, would be... Yeah. That would be the world's foremost authority, Mahler, the fake news dog. Whoa. Well, you say the world's greatest authority. Yeah. That just about covers about everything is what you're telling me. That's what he wanted me to say. Oh, that's his. Okay. That's what he asked. I have okay. no idea. Uh, yeah. What? I mean, he's authority on some things. Well, yeah. And he is kind of great. Well, he's great. Yeah. He's a, yeah, as far as yeah. butt sniffing is concerned. Yeah, yeah, that's, he's, that seems to be the, his area of expertise. Today, yeah. we'll be talking about deathscience.org, okay. piranhas, uh, Pacific Standard Time, digital nomads, state secrets, the big leaf maple, and more. But first, did you ever want to be an astronaut, Mike? Strangely not. Really? I mean, I lo- I'm, in lo- I'm in love with the idea of traveling to space. Uh-huh. But, but it would be too spooky to be shot yeah, up I there. I think so. And... The whole thing just feels like it's fraught with danger that I'm really not prepared to deal yeah. with. Yeah. I don't like to fly an airplane. Well, there you go. So, you know, being on top of a rocket. Right. Kinda... And now, yeah. and now as I sit here as, as an aging man, yeah, the footprint of rockets and outer space travel yeah. is... The environmental footprint is quite serious. How do you mean? We shouldn't be going into space? Or we shouldn't be flying? Well, we shouldn't be pouring tons and tons of yeah. of uh, carbon-killing stuff at, at launch. And the yeah. whole thing is pretty much an environmental disaster. And I'm not sure that we're not doing real damage to the that little thin layer of what protects us from all yeah, we turning into bacon. Yeah, because we rocket spikes through it. Yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know that it doesn't leave a hole, yeah. but it does it have some impact. Holes. It leaves these little holes. <laughs> As William Shatner was at Test 2. Okay. On a related uh, subject. Yes. Do you like spicy foods? Yes, I do. I know you do. You know I do. You're one of the spiciest guys I know. <laughs> To the point where it really, I don't even know what I'm tasting at some point. Yeah. It's so, I I've like seen it. him drink wasabi. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. I've seen him drink it. <laughs> From S- Smithsonian Magazine, yes. the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, you know about them. I do. Yeah. Made claim to yet another breakthrough. Okay. Best space tacos. <laughs> It's true. Astronauts aboard the International Space Station successfully grew and harvested chilies in space to add some torque to their tacos. Want to make space tacos, Mike? <laughs> would you like that? Yeah, why not? Uh, what about Mahler? Do you think Mahler would like some space tacos? No, no, no. Mahler doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't he's not a big... Well, like it's, more, it's more what happens after the tacos yeah, that we yeah, have a concern about. Mahler. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. spicy ones anyway. What you do is you just add some space chilies okay. to rehydrated fajita beef, yeah. rehydrated tomatoes, wow. and, of course, your rehydrated artichokes. Mm, mm, I, I mm. don't know where that came. But it's the space chilies. Yeah. Yummolicious. Yeah, I bet they are. Yeah. 
Astronauts eat mostly packaged foods. Much of it is freeze-dried to reduce its size and volume, with some fresh produce occasionally delivered to the station on supply missions by Amazon Fresh. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Uh, DoorDash. DoorDash. Yeah, DoorDash. You DoorDash. use DoorDash yeah, when you're in space? Yeah, when you're in space, yeah. you use DoorDash. It's, a, it's much, yeah. better, much better at that. Wow. But a longer trip to Mars or even a trip to the moon would make a uh, NASA fresh delivery impossible. That's what NASA's thinking about. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Putting together a little. You can have rockets right to your home. Mm -mm. Yeah. A capsule crashes into the street <laughs> in front of your house and an astronaut gets out and gives you a package of space chilies. So growing um, uh, food crops in space is seen as a crucial challenge to overcome. Yeah, I would think so. Allowing astronauts to supplement their diets. Yeah. Because astronauts don't like the taste of their food sometimes. I don't. And because of that, they may eat less, and that would be, be a health problem. Right. And you think, oh, they're supposed to eat less. But after you're up there a couple of months, yeah. you're going. Aren't they eating like paste? Isn't that kind of what they eat? Well, it's all this rehydrated stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, not, it's not good. I imagine sometimes it is kind of a tube full of yeah, tube full of protein. Something distasteful. Yeah. Adding some spice could improve morale and reduce uh, fatigue. You know, there is something to be said for that. Yeah. Spicy food makes me happy. Really? Yeah, it does. It makes me happy. Uh, because fluids flow to the head in a weightless environment, as you well know. I do. Mike's in a weightless environment most of the time. <laughs> most of the day, actually, yeah. yeah. Many astronauts become congested and crave spicy foods. There you you go. think that might be it is? Is it congestion with you? Yeah. No, it does is, give you a heady feeling. I know. But that. is your head clogged up and you eat the you know, chili and it clears it? Is wasabi, chili. Yeah. yeah, it does. There's something. It feels like your Maybe that's my passages yeah. are opening up and things are happening. My head is always open. So <laughs> yes, it is, maybe yes. that's. It's you have why I don't yeah. crave spicy foods. Yes, yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some have uh, brought along hot sauce too. Astronauts go up in the air. They probably stuff their their pockets before they go up with Del Scorcho <laughs> and stuff like that. You <laughs> Del know? Scorcho. You know how that when you go through Del Taco, is that what the name of it is? There's Del Taco and Taco Bell. Yeah, Del Taco. Okay. I don't know. I don't go to Taco Bell. But what the, yeah, it's, they, you want some hot sauce. And you go, yeah, I take some hot sauce. You've ordered one taco. Mm -hmm. You get like six packages <laughs> of whatever it is you asked for. I mean, what are they thinking? Well, they, just... I'm thinking they think that you want to cover up the taste of whatever you're eating is probably, yeah. probably, probably what, what mm. they're hoping for. I don't know. You know, Dell is Dell's actually bad. better. Yeah. And I haven't eaten at either one of them in many years, truly. I'm not just saying that I haven't. But... They made a pretty good breakfast burrito, as I recall. Yeah, they're doing they're, all right. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. a little bit healthier. Yeah, yeah. So, so they say. Anyway, uh, mm -hmm. NASA researchers spent two years seeking out the perfect pepper to grow. Okay. And the winner, the Hatch Chili from Hatch, New Mexico, mm -hmm. which they now have to call, you know, the Space Chili. Yeah. It's not from Hatch, New Mexico. Well, there's got to be a way to work Hatch into the um, the terminology of space. Oh, you know, like the capsule yeah. hatch. Yeah, hatch. Capsule yeah. hatch. Capsule chili. hatch. It's good enough for the astronauts. It should be good enough for you. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Hatch Chili has a rating of 2,000 to 4,000 Scoville heat units. That sounds serious. You know about those Scoville I know, units? but I don't have any idea what that means. Well, two to 4,000 is roughly the level of Tabasco sauce. Okay. Sauce. Yeah. I don't know. Tabasco isn't that hot. No, me. it's yeah. it's manageable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I got a good space story for you. Yeah, what yeah. is it? Um, they have done enough. They've gotten enough moon rocks from from the moon. Yeah. To determine that the there's a ton of oxygen in those rocks and in that material, that kind of very uh, fine material that you've seen the when the astronauts landed on them when they were hopping around, you could see the dust kind of moving. Moon around. dust. Moon dust, and then they have moon rocks. Yeah. They've determined that there's a tremendous amount of oxygen in those rocks. In the rocks. Yes, and they said that just on the top layer, the top foot or so layer on, on the moon, would be enough oxygen to be able to uh, essentially take care of 8 billion people for 100,000 yeah. years. Now, I don't know how they calculated that, don't ask me, but nonetheless they said in order to sustain an environment would take a lot of work so that it was that, that layer of oxygen and, and atmosphere would maintain. But yeah. eight billion people for a hundred thousand years. So, so I don't know. They're they're doing work. They're trying to figure out how we can live on the moon. I guess. Well, as Neil Armstrong said, "Go suck a rock." <laughs> From Ars Technica. We talk about Ars Technica a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, good. A Louisiana widow is left horrified. She's horrified at the news that her deceased husband was dissected in front of a live paying audience after she donated his body to scientific research. What did she think was gonna happen? Well, instead of being delivered to a research facility, yeah. David Saunders' body ended up in a Marriott Hotel in Portland, Oregon, where DeathScience.org held an Oddities and Curiosities oh. Expo. Oh, well. At the October 17th event, members of the public sat ringside from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. You just pay to get in with a break for lunch to watch the dissection of Saunders' body. Ooh. Tickets for the dissection sold for up to $500 per person. So if you got, you know, right there at yeah. uh, uh, operating table side. That's right. 500 I a, bucks. I got a couple of ringside thoracic seats right here for $500 yeah. each. The, uh, that's I, creepy. I wonder if Is any it? pimps showed up, you know, with a, a couple of hot yeah. whores on their arms. <laughs> a little make stole, hot, some hot bags. Yeah. yeah I, so, uh, wow. The kids might not get that uh, No, that's... No. that's yeah. Walt Frazier, go yeah. back. Walt yeah. Frazier, mid-70s, okay. Elsie yeah. <laughs> Saunders, that would be the dissected man's wife, yeah. learned of the dissection from a Seattle-based reporter at King 5. She had no idea. King 5's a station there. Yeah. She had no idea this was going on. He happened to be investigating the event and tracked her down after learning that the body tag read David Saunders, her, her husband. And it was still attached to the cadaver. Wow. You know, they're doing this dissection and... <laughs> They just left the name on. You think they'd be smart enough to cover it up? But I have all this paperwork that says his body would be used for science. Nothing about this commercialization of his death. Elsie said. Elsie explained that she had initially tried to donate the body to Louisiana State University, but LSU turned down the donation due to the COVID corpse diagnos diagnosis. Uh, apparently, Saunders was um, partly. Uh, yeah, he had COVID. That wasn't the cause of death, it was gotcha. you know, secondary. Right. She then con connected with a private company after she was turned down by uh, Louisiana State, a private company named MedEd, MedEd Labs in Las Vegas. Oh my God, well there's, yeah. there's some red flags right there. Yeah, which reminds me of the old saying, what happens in Las Vegas gets shipped <laughs> to a death science convention in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, 
Well, so, so just so I'm clear, yeah. this was not really for any kind of medical educational no. benefit. It was Anybody. just to dissect a, a, a cadaver. Yeah. And so people, wow. well, some people could learn, but other people just might want. Well, you they know, there might be some freaks body, in there too. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't blame her for being upset. I'm sure that was to have to relive her husband's passing again well, in yeah. some manner. You're thinking he's, he's yeah. going, and this is not. It's a great thing to do with your body. Yes. I'm thinking to do that. My yeah. body here at UCI. They have a great program yeah. at UCI. Yeah. Uh, where you can donate your body to science. I think yeah. they even give you a few bucks. I'm not sure about it. Yeah. But yeah. you don't pay for a for a casket. That's true. Yeah. And you can maybe make a few bucks on it. Yeah. So, you know. Such a deal. Yeah, it's a deal. All right. Wow. If this news makes you uneasy, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to ease your spirits? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio. KUCI 88.9 FM. <laughs> yeah, Mahler's in fine form today. He really is. Yeah. He's been working out too. He's looking really? good. Yeah, he's been looking. I've seen him yeah. out there. Yeah. Doing some, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, there he is. He's doing, he's doing some squats right now. Wow. I don't know if you can tell. Nice, yeah. yeah, there you yeah. go. All right. From Scientific American. Did you ever see the inside of an abalone shell? Remember abalone shell? Uh, yeah, yeah. They used to be all up and down the coast. Yes. In fact, you know, I mean, now they're not around the coast because they've been, I don't know what you call it, fished, but they've been yeah. used for food, harvested. Yeah. And, and they used to... You take the shells and we'd use them for ashtrays. Yes, exactly and, right. And, yeah, and, and, and so. they're kind of cool. They have like that uh, uh, bluish tint on the inside, yeah. as I recall, yeah. kind of a silver I'm blue. Glad and, you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, that's called nacre. Okay, nacre. It's the iridescent material that lines some seashells. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's mineral chips glued into layers by squishy proteins. That's what <laughs> happens there, okay. and it gains strength and toughness from its structure. Now researchers have used the same principle to develop a super strong glass composite. Okay. Uh, the new material combines rigid glass flakes, less than a hundredth of a millimeter thick, with flexible acrylic. 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 What the hell is that? Well, it, acrylic. It's... Flexible acrylic. Yeah. So you got these little glass chips, and flexible acrylic, it could one day make nearly unbreakable smartphone screens, windshields, shower doors, swimming pool lights, and uh, maybe even what I was thinking. I'm thinking, what would I like to use that for? Mm -hmm. Maybe a, uh, a at the aquarium of the Pacific. Yeah, and they could have an underwater restroom. Oh, there you go. And you could you go could down there and sit in the toilet and just be surrounded by fish. Very cool. Yeah. 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 And watching they, you, what, and they got to be wondering what you're doing. Yeah, I mean that doesn't look anything like, because that's a place you can sit and contemplate. Right. Usually, it, you know, you're in a line of people and all that, but right. the only privacy you get when right. you go to those places, the restroom. Yeah. yeah, and it would be, I would imagine, it would be very relaxing. Yeah. To be in that environment. Uh -huh. So to be clear, to be clear, they're not. Extract, they're not using abalone shells. No, no. They're but, just taking that, that material. material yeah, that they nacre, figured out how to They looked at nature and they said, wait a second. We could do this. So this is how nature can help us. Yeah. I remember abalone shells being 
ubiquitous. Yes, they were. They were everywhere. Uh-huh. And I haven't seen one. Yeah. I, and I spent a fair yeah. amount of t- time walking along the shore. I haven't seen one in years. Yeah. And you you would see them in like tiki room restaurants yes. too. Yes. See them everywhere. It yes. wasn't just they'd be on the shoreline. People, yeah. Yeah. and that's what happens when you yeah, yeah. just take things. When and, you let loose a million people on a beach every yeah. every day for years and years or whatever yeah. it is. So yeah, all right, okay. Well, I remember like getting real close to it when I was a kid, uh-huh. and you'd look at all the colors. Yeah. And then you'd like shine it up to the sunlight, yeah. and it would change color. Yeah. You know, yeah. all those Beautiful. little. Uh, it wouldn't be glass, but the reflective surface right. of it was fascinating. Right. And then I discovered LSD. <laughs> and so you, to hell with abalone shells at that point. Well, no. Better, no. Even better. No. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That right. thing, that, that's, that shell, shell is me. I'm looking at me right now. All right. Are you? Well, if I, <laughs> all right, let's move on. From Los Angeles Times. How's Pacific Standard Time treating you, Mike? Um, I've become adaptable to it. I, I don't like doing it. I would prefer we stayed on Pacific Standard. Well, you can set the clock or, every time you want, you know. Yeah. doesn't mean you'll be, show up on time anywhere. <laughs> that's, but... that's already an issue, so I don't yeah. need, need to push that. But I just, I enjoy our uh, daylight savings time, and I don't know why we... So you'd rather have it just one time? I would like to just keep time. it the way it is. I don't think it matters anymore. We're not farmers. We're not an agrarian. Well, it matters only because, especially here, everybody's different, you know. I mean, because where you are, San Francisco, it looks different than down here, yeah, even because it, yeah. you know, they're a little bit higher up there on the globe. Yeah. But sometimes I wonder about it, too, though. I used to be all in favor of having it rise, you know, don't just have a straight time all yeah. the way through the year yeah. and get used to it. But then. You think about all these kids going to school and it's still dark. Right. Yeah. Or waiting to pick up a, you know, a bus somewhere and it's. Well, well, to be, you know. It's light until whenever. Yes. But that example, and it's a good one. And I've heard that before. But also there's been a ton of studies now that have determined children should be going to school later in the day. Yeah. They should be going in at nine or ten. Stay later. But nonetheless, their their brain's ability to absorb information is better suited for a better for a later time to go to school. You say they go in at nine. Whatever. And so I've heard that the shorter they stay, yeah. the more they absorb. Well because so, the pressure to absorb all that. So if you only give them an hour yeah. to absorb about six hours yeah. of work. Yeah. Well listen, with computers and these kids today, I've always thought well I'm not never let's that's another discussion. I'm not gonna get into that now. You always thought. I always think. I'm always thinking. What are you thinking now? No, I mean, the whole idea of school and the whole idea of <laughs> conveying information to kids yeah. is outmoded. It's it's outdated. They, they, they can, there's so many ways now that we can get information. Well, school is a way to get information yes, to it people. Is. And the yeah. way we do it now is, is it, a little bit behind the it's times. A, it's, but yeah. technology is yes, that's going what I'm at saying. such a rapid pace. Right, it's right. kind of hard to get the bureaucracy in line. The only time California lawmakers elevated the timekeeping discussion to a statewide level was when they put Proposition 7 on the 2018 ballot. Okay. People have been asking me about this all the time. Now. Okay. What about, we voted on this, where is it? But unfortunately, they chose to make it about daylight savings time, which I think is the best one of the two, actually. If it's not, not right now, standard the time, time we're on standard, to, yeah, but okay. daylight savings. Right. Uh, that's what we do in the spring and su- summer, and that's roughly eight months of the year. Right. 
but no state has the power on its own to enact year-round daylight savings time. So it's a federal Yeah, it's a federal issue because of the uh, the federal uh, Department of Transportation. I was going to say planes, trains, yeah, automobiles. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. it's about. Yeah. Uh, that department has the power to make the, to re, re, uh, to approve of it and then send it along to Congress for a final approval that you would get either for one state or for everybody. Right. Yeah. I think we should go right between. Now make it about 8.30 and then go to daylight savings. So it's like 9.30 was 8.30. Yeah, because it's not, yeah. you know, you just kind of fine-tune it here. But yeah. then that might not be good in Portland, Oregon, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I okay with it. I, I, I'm not going to, you know. Yeah. But states do have the power. We could go to standard time anytime we want to. We have the power to do that. Well, Arizona, it, Hawaii. I was going to say, Arizona is yeah. another whole universe, right? Yeah. They're like... And there's some some place where there's a half an hour difference. Not, not here in the state. No, down Venezuela, I believe. Has okay, a, they're a on half the half an hour. hour. Yeah. yeah, so it's a it's an odd. Okay, well, the legislation right. that led to Proposition Seven originally made that clear uh, that they want we want to go to Pacific. Uh, I mean, not Pacific, but uh, daylight savings. Okay, and that's why we're not seeing it around because we have to get approval for the from the yeah. federal government. Okay. Those damn Democrats. Well, they, they changed the wording, but in my mind, they did the right thing because that's the better of the two. Yeah. So rather than pass something that wouldn't be, you know, really satisfactory, mm. in my mind, they tried to go for it all. And then all we need now is enough states to demand it. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my answer hey. to yeah. that's... a much-asked question. Yes. From what? Vice. Yes. The Portuguese parliament passed new labor laws that make it illegal for an employer to contact an employee after work. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Under new rules, employers would, could be penalized for contacting employees after work and also be forced to pay for increased expenses as a result of working from home. So if you're working from home, you get your gas and your electricity bills paid. Yeah. I don't okay. know why gas. Yeah. Maybe you're warming up your house, you know, and you're staying there all day. Further rules will be implemented to aid employees at home, like banning employers from monitoring their workers at home and ensuring workers must meet with their boss every two months to stop the isolation a little bit. Yeah. So it's not like you just always. And where is this happening? Portugal. Portugal. Yeah. Portugal's Minister of Labor and Social Security, Ana Mendes Godinho. Godinho. I'm sure it's not pronounced that way. My apologies to Ana said, we consider Portugal one of the best places in the world for digital nomads and remote workers to choose to live in. We want to attract them to Portugal. Yeah. That's a good deal. I think we should have that here. Yes. Really think when you're working from home, the company should at least pay for maybe your internet bill. Yeah. yeah. And not bug you at nine o'clock at night with something. Right. Right. Unless, of course, you're working at 9 o'clock. Well, you're working that, the graveyard that be, yeah, you're, yeah what are the boundaries? And it, we're in a new well, world. That's, well, yeah, the boundaries should be established, and that's a good idea. From the Washington Post. Across the world, many countries underreported their greenhouse gas emissions. Of course they did. In the reports to the United Nations, and this was found by a uh, Washington Post investigation. An examination of 196 country reports reveals a giant gap between what nations declare their emissions to be and the greenhouse gases they are sending into the atmosphere. 
The gas ranges from at least 8.5 billion to as high as 13.3 billion tons a year of underreported emissions. That's crazy. That's big enough to move the needle on how much the earth will warm. That is, wow. With, it, with each passing day, with each passing week, it becomes more and more obvious just where we're going to end up, doesn't it? Yeah. As tens of thousands of people are convening in Glasgow for what may be the largest ever meeting at the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, also known as COP26, the numbers they are using to help guide the world's, world's effort to curb greenhouse gases represent a flawed roadmap. So we're not even facing the reality. They're not even facing the reality at no. COP26. That means the challenge is even larger than world leaders have acknowledged. In the end, everything becomes a bit of a fantasy, said Philip Kais, a scientist with France's Laboratory of Climate and, and Environmental Sciences, who tracks emissions based on satellite data. Becomes a bit of a fantasy because between the world of reporting and the real world of emissions, you start to have large discrepancies. Remember when we, um, on Weekly Signals, we interviewed, was it George Monbiot? Yeah. Wasn't he the... Oh, yeah, he's the, been on this for years. The, the, that was probably 25 years ago. Yeah. That's what's frustrating about both Mike and I is that, you know, this is like a something we've known about for 35 years or so. Yeah. yeah. And, and trying to do something about it. And it's just until now when it's gotten so much worse. It's gotten so much worse. And also we spent four years under the Trump administration going in the other direction. Yeah. The power, this is all completely about the power of the fossil fuel industry. Yeah. It, not only here in the United States, but around the world, Saudi Arabia, all of these countries now who are completely dependent upon fossil fuel production. There is no way they're going to change. Yeah. And we're going to continue to just barrel over the cliff. And I, God well, help us. I don't know how, what, you know, I, I don't know what to say anymore. Nuclear power. Yeah. From Los Angeles Times again. For the second time in two months, the U.S. government urged the Supreme Court to invoke state secrets to shield it from allegations of wrongdoing. In this instance, the secret recording of Muslims who gathered for prayer at an Orange County mosque. That would be in Irvine. Oh. It's Irvine. Uh, Justice Department attorney said the court should dismiss a 10-year-old lawsuit that alleges Muslims were targeted for secret surveillance because of their faith, a violation of the religious freedom protected by the Constitution. The claim should not be decided before a judge or jury, said Deputy Solicitor General Edwin Needler, because national security would be at risk if the FBI had to explain what was spying on an Islamic center in Irvine 10 years ago. Blah, blah, blah. But his argument ran into skepticism from across the court's usually uh, ideological divide from Justices Neil Gorsuch to Amy Coney, Amy, Amy Coney Barrett on the right to Justices Sonia Sotomayor and Stephen Breyer on the left. It's kind of hard to think of Breyer as left, but yeah. they're saying more to the left than the extreme noodle heads we have. In right, there. exactly. It's all relative. Let's put it that way. For much of the two-hour argument, the justices debated whether to send the case back to California for further hearings. 
Typically, the government raises a state secrets claim if a lawsuit or court proceeding could reveal a military secret or expose a spy who is working for the U.S. This case is different because it involves domestic surveillance of a U.S. citizen. So this is right here in Irvine, happened, and now we're going to have a Supreme Court uh, decision made on this. this. This is important. They keep doing that. They keep, anytime something comes up, and every single administration is back the FBI on this, right. not letting, uh, all saying, oh, it's state secrets. We can't tell you what really happened. Right. And sometimes some really vile things happen to citizens you know, who were innocent. The origin story for the State Secrets Act goes back to, the I think, the early 50s. The Air Force was flying a plane that crashed. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they did not want it to get out that they were negligent in what happened. The family members of the people who were killed sued the government. And so they came up with this State Security Act. Yeah. It was based on a lie because they they knew they were negligent and they just didn't want it to get out that they were. So this law has is was born in in lies. Uh-huh. And it continues to be manipulated. There are things that need to be kept secret. I don't think yeah. anyone would deny that. Well, for example, I have Nathan's secrets. Well, there you go. If somebody asks me a question, I say, ask Nathan's secrets. <laughs> and they look at me and say, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM, and on the web at KUCI.org. <laughs> Whoa. From, from the Associated Press, a federal judge rejected former president, what was his name? Last uh, guy? See, if you hold your tongue and say dump truck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there yeah, we go. yeah that, you'll get Donald it. Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they, it. Uh, anyway, a federal judge rejected former President Donald Trump's attempt to block a bipartisan House Select Committee from obtaining White House records as part of an investigation of the January 6th riot insurrection uh, cluster yeah, scruff. Yeah. <laughs> the White House said the ruling against Trump. Trump is consistent with President Joe's, that would be who we have in office now. Uncle Joe. Yeah, Uncle Joe's view that a full accounting of the deadly attempt to overthrow the U.S. government is absolutely vital. Yes. He said absolutely vital. I said the danger, deadly attempt to overthrow the U.S. government, which it was. It was. It was deadly, and it wasn't an attempt to overthrow it was an organized, a democratic election. It was an organized effort on the part of the sitting president to essentially... Yeah. Um, frustrate the outcome of a legitimate election to overturn it, not to overturn, frustrate yeah, it. Yeah. To simply to overturn it to ignore it, and it's be and it's becoming ob- obvious that this was a systemic or systematic, pardon me, a systematic attempt to do so. It wasn't some random a bunch of guys who loved Trump who got together and decided to try and do this. They coordinated this yeah. for weeks and weeks. Judge Tanya Chutkin said in a court order that Trump's view appears to be premised on the notion that his executive power exists in perpetuity, Chutkin wrote. But president, presidents are not kings, and the plaintiff is not president. I fear that this is a, somewhat of a legitimate judicial point. Well, this is, is it, good. Yeah, this is good, it's a said. good ruling. I'm just saying it will be appealed and this thing will end up in the Supreme Court. 
Yeah. And that's where the real test is going to come. Well, if they say that, they're, they're in trouble. That means that they're going to give what? Executive privilege forever to anyone who ever held office. Well, uh, you're right. But I think it's it's all about the here and now to protect Trump. Yeah. And that's and at the future be damned. From Ars Technica, new survey data from the Kaiser Family Foundation found that 38% of U.S. adults believe the U.S. government is faking COVID-19, the death toll from COVID-19. 38% of U.S. Ad adults. That's about right. Belief in uh, misinformation was highest in those who reported trusting conservative news sources like uh, OAN, Newsmax, and Fox. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. I mean, when you watch stupid. Stupid in, stupid out. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's exactly what that is. Well, this is all, where we live now. Yeah. It's so hard, to, it's so hard to, to, to process this. Yeah, that most people don't give a damn about science. But that, th I, think, I think it's close. I mean, my own opinion is it's 33, 34% of the country believe all of the stuff. Isn't that what I just said? You said 38%. I think yeah. that's a little think, high. Is that? I think it's high. Yeah. Well, they, they believed in, uh, yeah, they believed that question in this poll. You think yeah. the poll is a little bit high. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All I'm saying is we now live in a world where our legislatures, I said this last week, and I know I'm beating a dead horse, the legislature, led, the Republican legislators are simply saying things. They have no interest in governing, no interest in legislating. All they care about is feeding into an ecosystem that basically continues to put out this nonsense and crap. Yeah. And that's how they intend to win elections moving forward. Well, speaking of the Republicans, from the New York Times, once again, the Republicans are winners. They are. In the race to see which party has the most COVID deaths, yeah. Republicans are the clear winner. That is... You would think it would be closer, after all, while conservative areas tend to be older, less prosperous, and more hostile to mask wearing, all of which can exacerbate the spread and severity of COVID-19. Liberal areas, for their part, are home to both uh, more international airports and more Americans who suffer the health consequences of racial discrimination. So you would think that things would be even. Mm -hmm. In the final weeks of 2020, the per capita death toll was evenly divided, in fact, okay. among Republicans and Democrats. We had a tie going on back then in 2020, but the Republicans surged ahead. What happened since then? We the got vaccine. the vaccine. Exactly. Yes. The Republicans then grabbed the vaccine and scored. <laughs> the Democratic Party, being generally more intelligent than Republicans, <laughs> took advantage of science, which, you know, they shouldn't have done that. No way. The Republicans were afraid of needles. Good. <laughs> They won, and soon a gap in the COVID death toll quickly emerged. At the end of 2020, the death toll was, practic death toll was practically equal. This October, more than three times as many conservative Republicans died than people in heavily Biden counties. Congratulations, Republicans. This is, Good job. This is Good crazy. job, Republicans. So yes. yeah, that's right. Clown car. Yeah. That is true. Uh, that is true. You got to give credit where credit's due. Well, that's true. They beat us again. We're number one. Yeah. They're number We're one. Yeah. No, they're number one. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we ended up living. I don't want to say something I'll regret. So, keep, so let's move on. From Michael Hiltzik at the LA Times. We like Michael. I love Michael. $1.2 million... $2 trillion 
Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act just passed by Congress and awaiting President Biden's signature throws down billions of dollars for traditional infrastructure, but it also broadens the definition of infrastructure to include humane infrastructure. That's right. Things will uh, things that will combat global warming, for example, or strengthen labor laws and privacy protections, or help us prepare for the next pandemic, or to stop tax cheating by wealthy Americans. It's all in this infrastructure plan, which makes a lot of sense. Mm. The 13 House Republicans who backed the infrastructure bill got a lot of Republicans all worked out, though, all yeah. worked up. Yeah, which goes along with what I just said. Yeah. They're now being stripped of their committee assignments, right? Isn't that part of the deal? Yeah. And they're going on air. And one guy, uh, Representative Adam Kissinger of Illinois, well, he's already... who voted for the plan yeah. uh, of colors, told him to slit his wrists and rot in hell. Yeah. That's a nice, yeah. constructive thing to yeah. say yeah. when you're uh, discussing well. infrastructure. <laughs> another uh, another caller, hope, uh, Representative Don Bacon in Nebraska, also a guy who voted for this infrastructure plan. Infrastructure. He would uh, slip and fall down a staircase. Yeah. Infrastructure. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't vote for. Um... Yeah, it's not, I, I understand even abortion. Not that you know. I'm not, I don't want to bring that whole can of worms into it. But these people actually think there's a murder taking place. Okay, I understand that. Okay. But you know, I, I don't agree with it by any means. But I understand the impulse. Yeah. Infrastructure. Infrastructure. These are bridges, and they are also just They're also going to expand related. broadband accessibility. Exactly. Allow your kids to be able to have access to, to educational opportunities that they would never have had. The Office's op Office of Representative Nicole Maliotakis of New York was inundated with angry messages tagging her as a traitor yeah. for infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, this is maybe they're angry, Mike, because we in California... Yeah. Stand to gain the largest share of much of the of the uh, bill spending, based partially on statutory formulas. Largest state, largest share. Yeah. Imagine that. Well, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. And by the way, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, because yeah. we haven't crossed the finish line on the other part of this. They passed the one that everyone seemed to agree on a yeah. long time ago, which was mostly rich. the next one. Is the one that feels like it's sort of beginning to fade in our memory. And I feel like it might be an opportunity for cinema or mansion to pull the plug on it, yeah. even though, according to all of the reliable sources, they have pledged to go along with it. They're waiting for the uh, well, congressional you budget. Go speculating you know. again. Let's no. see what happens well, and report on it instead yeah. of listening right, to you right. talk about what you think may well, happen. Well, no, they got they got all the about no, what well may the happen. numbers. I just I want people to to stay yeah. on on top. Well, of we this. have this. Okay, what we have in the state of California. Uh, is a uh, two point uh, twenty five point three billion dollars for highways, yeah. four point two billion dollars for bridge replacement and yes. repairs over five years, yes. nine point four five billion for public transportation, and three hundred eighty four million to expand an electric vehicle charging station network. That's the big one. A hundred million dollars to expand broadband access. Yeah. One hundred twenty four million dollars will be available for protection from wildfires and cyber attacks like ransomware. Where? Yeah. Now, you got to go back and think about Trump and his infrastructure week, which was just a joke. It was a joke. Yeah. It really was. 
So it's according to Hilsik for for Biden to have delivered a package of unprecedented scale just ten months into his term. Yeah, it's, after, it's fantastic. After uh, Trump is really pretty amazing. It is. It's fantastic. And for him to have done so by securing the votes of thirteen House Republicans who broke their party's wholly destructive policy of simply voting no on anything proposed by Democrats makes it even more remarkable. I agree with everything you said. Yeah. And it is, in fact, what was so terrible. Again, another example of Trump being in office for four years. Four years of not getting what we need to get done, including yeah. this. And and it was a cynical, manipulative thing that he even put it out there because they know from their polling how popular infrastructure repair and Well, now and it's time for was. Democrats to take advantage yes, of, of, absolutely. of what They should be talking done. about this every time That's they right. get up in front of the public every time uh, because yeah because they should and just for what it's worth too another little important fact about that remember this is 550 billion dollars in spending more than what it would have been otherwise yes that's what we were talking about it's not when you say 1.2 trillion dollars it's, it's half a, as of that yeah it's a half of that was what we added on to yeah. it so it would actually make a difference yes from the washington post Edward Durr was such a long shot candidate in his New York in his New Jersey state Senate race that no one seemed to notice that he was batship crazy. <laughs> Durr had a history of posting bigoted, miso misogynistic, ugly comments on social media. Muhammad was a pedophile, he wrote in 2019 in a tweet that also described Islam as a fake religion and a cult of hate. In other online posts last year, he called the coronavirus the China virus, blamed an influx of illegal aliens for spreading the disease, and used the motto of the far-right QAnon's conspiracy movement and compared vaccination mandates to the Holocaust. He did all that, but none of this even made the news until he got elected. Now he's uh, the... Uh, what is he? Uh, a New Jersey's third district... Senate representative. So it's a, a state Senate. Yeah, thing. exactly. But still. Contain, contained somewhat. But yeah. nonetheless, nobody, somebody should have noticed this. Well, this <laughs> lack of media scrutiny tells a larger tale about yeah. the state of local news reporting. Yes. Years does. of cutbacks and consolidation among news organizations have left many communities without good coverage. That's right. And that's really what's happening. And that's what this story is about. Yeah. 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 <sighs> And we're just kind of an aggregate of news here. We don't, we're not going out, you know, digging into stories during the week, but Orange County used to have some good investigative reporting going on. Yeah, and yeah. now, yeah. not so much. Well, there was the, there was the register, which yeah. was, um, in, they did some good work. Yeah. And Their the editorial Times had its own Orange sucked. County section. Yeah, exactly. We had its own offices down here in Orange County. And let's not forget, they were doing some really good investigative work at the OC Weekly yeah. for many years. Yep. From the Fredericksburg Freelance Star, Virginia's Spotsylvania County School Board voted six to nothing in, uh, to order the removal of books that contain sexually explicit material from library shelves. Two board members said they would like to see the removed books burned and that they'd like to, as they say, see the books before we burn them so we can identify within our community that we are eradicating this bad stuff. They want to see the books so they can uh, get off on the sexually provocative writing, I do suppose. Do these people have any sense of anything? Do, how does this look? I think oral sex was brought up in one book. And yeah, that just, yeah, well, kind of, yeah, and, we can't and, that. You know, yeah. Yeah. 
to scourge. Uh, I know. To scourge on our <laughs> society. We call it birth control here at Weekly <laughs> Signals. Just... From the Seattle Times, a story about trees. You, know, you like trees? I love trees. Yeah. Big, big fan. They're the thing now, too. They are. Trees are. I was into uh, trees way before everybody else was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He loves to pee on trees. Oh. Okay. See, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Probably shouldn't have We said ought that. to ban you. Yeah, I'm so sorry. You're corrupting youth by uh, bringing peeing into peeing, the conversation. Urinating. Urination. You were ahead of the ahead of the curve on peas. On trees? No, on trees. <laughs> way ahead of the tree. Uh, way ahead. I've been hugging trees for years. Wow. Yeah. I don't hug them. I talk to them. I, I have them. tremendous respect for trees. Yeah. And you know what trees do. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's they right. bark. <laughs> trees are under threat from the effects of climate change and raging forest fires. But this week, a case in Washington state represents the first use of DNA evidence from trees during a prosecution in a federal criminal trial. Between April and August 2018, Justin Andrew Wilk and his fellow wood thieves conducted an illegal logging operation in the Elk Lake area of the Olympic National Forest. The gang removed highly prized maple trees used to produce musical instruments like violins and guitars and forged permits to sell the wood. Wilk was sentenced on Monday at the trial research gen geneticist for the U.S. Agriculture's Department's Forest Service testified that the wood Wilk sold was a genetic match to the remains of three poached maple trees that investigators had discovered in the Elk Lake area. The DNA analysis was so precise that it found the probability of the match being coincidental was approximately one in one undecillion. <laughs> I hadn't heard of that one. No, that's that's one followed by 36 zeros. Okay. Undecillion. That's a good one to remember. I'm going to remember that one. Everybody Und says, you yeah. know, a gazillion, gazillion, but undecillion is, I like that. Undecillion. The novel Tree Genetics convinced jury members in Tacoma, Washington, following a six-day trial to convict Wilk for conspiracy, theft of public property, trafficking in unlawful harvesting timber, and other stuff. So these, this is... Uh, you know, a serious deal here. Yeah. It's illegal to chop down trees in national forests without a permit. And here's what happened, too. And when he chopped down the tree, they, uh, they to cut down the big maple leaf, which contains a wasp nest near the, the uh, tree's base. Okay. So they set it on fire oh. and caused what was known as the maple fire, where 3,300 oh 3, acres between August and November 2018 were burned. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oof. You know, I used to go in the forest and chop down, uh, not chop down trees. No, I did, we did. When I lived in Mammoth, you were, oh, you you were permitted you're... by the Forest Service to go out and, and bring in firewood. Firewood. And, yeah, we'd go out there and pick up truck and chainsaws. We'd never cut down a tree. We just, yeah. we just uh, chopped up the felled trees. They didn't convict Wilk of the uh, fire at all, the, setting the forest fire. Well, they they couldn't get it. Well, they didn't have the evidence. That's. Right. I mean, right. they, they did that, but Wilk just ran when they set the fire at this maple tree. Uh, okay. You know, who knows? They didn't. They didn't tag him with that. But at least they got him for. It's a, an important ruling too for people that go into the forest yeah. and cut down protected trees. Yeah. Cause what do you? What's the? What's that word? Gazillion or? What's the word? Desigillion. Where, where did I find that one in here? Undecillion. 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 Okay, I got it now. Undecillion. Yeah. Well, there's that's our property for one thing. Yeah. 
it's the country's property. That's right. It's a shared property. And there's a value to these trees that shouldn't go to somebody that's breaking the law. It right. should go to right. help us, right. which it does when the government sells it. Right. And finally, from the Brazilian newspaper Estado de Minas, a 30-year-old man was eaten by piranhas oh my God. after jumping into a lake to avoid a swarm of bees. Oh, you can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.